back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain here on a Wednesday with our lovely co-hosts, Jay Nathan and Christy Falteruso. I'm back after a six-week hiatus on paternity leave where I um, soaked in baths and had all the time in the world to you know do whatever I wanted. I had so much copious free time. I built so many side projects. Um, you know, I'm just, I did so much. Um, I did a lot of meditating, Christy. I did a lot of, um, there are a know. lot of sleep, right? There's a lot of deep yeah. sleep, like sleep. really deep in those yeah. rooms. Yeah. Those are all false. Whoever told you that paternity leave is, um, you know, you get to do whatever you want. You get a lot of free time is whoever told me that lie is false. Uh, but we're back and, um, I do feel it was a nice break, you know, six weeks from, uh, at higher logic, they actually remove your access to um, any of your properties. So like, I actually couldn't look at email if I wanted to, I couldn't get on Slack. Like I couldn't actually log into my computer. So they, you know, try and make sure that you spend the time away from it. And it was a nice mental break, but um, I'm excited. Christy, how have you been? Good, but missed you terribly. Um, I, I will say, listen, Jay is a great partner and friend, and we've had great conversation. But man, uh, we missed but, we missed it. This the dynamic of the three of us. It was it was lacking. But we're thrilled okay. to be back. You know, I woke up every Wednesday morning thinking, oh, I should just hop on. You know, I, I mean, I just... thought so. We, you know, honestly, we, we we felt that you were missing us and really sad about the whole thing. So. Um, but wait a minute, have you you all have seen each other? twice or three times in person now this multiple like times yeah, yeah we saw each yeah. other at we would pulse. pulse cs 100 no maybe what just else? the two right maybe just G- the two yeah GSIA or no no, no. GSIA. what's what's um what are some of the takeaways from pulse and cs 100 give me some what's a what's a nugget you guys each each took away mm. well i didn't attend pulse right we just we we hosted um a gathering Gathering of folks. What did you what'd you learn from the gathering of folks? Hmm. What did we learn? That people are more interested in getting together to network than they are to attend sessions. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, listen, I'm sure there was a ton of wonderful content, right? I don't want to knock anything, but people were people were really, really excited to come together and like hug a little bit longer, a little tighter, laugh a little louder, right? It was not the commercial, right? Louder with Big Red. No, nobody remembers oh. that. <laughs> Big Red got I caught. thought that was super cheesy as you were saying it, but okay, you were quoting a commercial. It was it was a Big what Red gum commercial from like the late 80s, 90s. Okay, anyway. Laugh a little longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It okay. closed a little longer. Anyway, I won't sing the jingle, but- It's not Big so, Red though, but- Yes, it was. Was it? Big Red. The okay. double mint gum was the double, double your refreshment. Right. That okay. was a fun anyway, okay. anyway, gum commercials were real prevalent in the. That's like, true. They used to advertise gum on TV. Gum, yeah. All the time. Right. Yeah. I think it's because everyone was a smoker too, right? You had smokers, then everyone was a gum chewer. Um, it was 1983, by the way. Good Lord. 1983. You just dated yourself, Christy. It, play, it played longer than 83, just so we're clear. <laughs> just so we're clear. You're right. You're right. Holy crap. I forgot about that, Christy. No, never forget. Thank I, you. I, honestly, there are some jingles that 
you'll never get out of your head. There's they're back there and you're not thinking about them right now. But if I gave you like a two or three second, like, yeah, it's crazy that they're in there like 40 years. There's a lot of stuff in here in my head um, Mm. that I wish wasn't taking up space. Uh, So that was my takeaway from Pulse is that people wanted to be together. Networking was like, everyone was excited. It was like, honestly, it felt like a reunion of so many of the people that we've been connecting with digitally for so long. So it was really great to get everyone together. Um, So that was my big takeaway from Pulse. Jay, I don't know if you had a different one because you attended the event. I attended, but I didn't go to many sessions. I went, I maybe went to one, the keynote. The one thing I will say is it was full. So there were a lot of people there and Um, I had the incredible luck of going to every single customer success centered event this fall and all of them seemed sold out full TSIA was the only one that was below capacity. And I think it's because it's enterprise. Yeah. It's not necessarily a customer success event, but there is a heavy emphasis on it there, but I think it's because it's enterprise and a lot of enterprise organizations are cutting back on travel budgets right now. Yeah. Or else I think it would have been our ICP. So for us, it didn't make sense to go. It would have been great to see everybody, but not our, our target market. Yeah. I mean, that's the, uh, going back to your point, Christina, I think the, um, the theme of the last number of years or maybe since COVID started, right. Is that people want to, um, they want to actually engage and be in, be a part of the conversation, not listen to the conversation as much. So when you think about those types of events and things, you know, I mean, almost the ethos of why we started getting Garotain in the office hours was to like, let people talk to each other on a call. You know, yeah. it wasn't to like bring on experts and say, Hey, listen to this hour long spiel and these manicured slides, you know, that yeah. um, don't say anything. So, I mean, I think you're, you're right. Like that's continuing to, to prove as it, as you go forward. Um, Listen, there's an audience of learners, right? There is still an audience out there of folks who, who want to learn and want to soak it all in. Um, so I think that there, there's still an audience for that. But I think what we're seeing with a lot of folks who've been in the space for a little bit longer or folks definitely who are leaders is that they want to be part of the conversation. That's definitely the feedback we got from CS100. Um, great feedback from everybody, uh, which we were just thrilled to, to pull off the event and have it go as well as it did. But a big piece of the feedback is that they wanted more workshops, right? They wanted more breakouts and small group sessions where they can really noodle on ideas and topics. And um, I think folks have a lot of different experiences and a lot to say. They also have a lot of questions. And so bringing together those peers is something that I think the community wants more of. Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. I just saw something too that um, I saw, it was maybe about like comedians or something like that, but they were, um, they were talking about how um, even like, live shows, you know, like people want to be a part of those experiences too. So if you go see a comedian, if you go see um, like any sort of performance, like people actually want to like be engaging with the crowds now, like more and more, like they're, they're finding that even in like live experiences that people are going to, because they, you know, are kind of craving some of this um, human interaction. So, um, all right, Christy, you, you said for today's topic, it's going to be light and airy, a fun way to you know, bring me back in. I, listen, um, yeah, I can't have you just jump right into a heavy topic. You don't even know what's happening in the CS world anymore. Um, <laughs> it's been six weeks. <laughs> everything changes in six weeks. Everything changes in six days. Just kidding. Still doing QBRs, right? No, I'm just kidding. What uh, <laughs> if Bob has anything to do um, with it? I don't, I'm not doing them. Um, all right. So I thought for today's topic, three of us are parents. Jeff, you, you jumped in into the deep end of, of parenthood. I thought it could be fun for us to draw some parallels on what being a parent has taught us about customer success or parallels we can draw from parenting to customers. I've I've already got two. 
in mind. Of course you do. This should be really fresh for you, Jeff. Oh, for sure. I try not to parent throughout the day while my kid's at school, so I'm lacking hours. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is the realm you're going down, but it, I mean, this is where I'll take it. I mean, I, these are some um, situations that I find myself in that um, remind me of, you know, uh, what I need to do when I'm with cus- customers. So um, <laughs> I'll say, you know, uh, waking up in the middle of the night, trying to soothe your baby back to sleep. Um, has reminded me about um, patience and trying to remain calm in stressful situations. You have a screaming baby. It's like, you know, 1 a.m. Uh, I'll tell you right now, my wife does not think I'm good at this yet. Uh, you know, of, of kind of keeping composure, keeping um, my, uh, we'll call it anger, you know, like, hey, I want to go back to sleep uh, at bay. But, you know, I think in those types of situations, it's like, can you stay calm under pressure? Can you um, still do the right activities that you're supposed to, to, you know, soothe your baby back to sleep? So that's like the first situation that jumped in mind because it literally happened last night. Um, and, you know, I'm, if my wife was listening through the door right now, she'd like barge in and be like, yeah, and he did it, you know, all wrong. He was, you know, he was, he was not doing it calm, cool, collect. Um, you could sense, you know, the frustration in him, but uh, remaining calm in those types of situations uh, reminds me of, you know, what you're supposed to be doing during customer calls, meetings. You might you might have stressful situations, conversations you might be having with customers. But can you kind of um, can you be the duck? Right. Can you kind of remain calm above water and then below water, your feet are churning and you're kind of getting stuff done. So that's that's the first one that popped into my mind. That was a good one. That was a good one. I have um, my wife can tell you some stories about frustration during the infant stage. I, I may or may not have punched a wall at one point <laughs> lack of sleep I, I really deprivation is like not you might not be the only parent to have done that I, i'm just being very vulnerable and authentic here to to tell you just you two my f- close friends just ask that what happened yes oh. but no it's it's tough um oh. i've been um i've been getting into I've been using the Headspace app. So our company provides the Headspace app for everybody. And at first I was like, oh, okay, that's fluffy. Um, and then I started using it. And it, it's really um, it, like mindfulness is a big help to me because it's not just your customers, it's your coworkers. It's all the frustrating things that you encounter during the day. If you can sort of like be at peace, you know, you're going to be frustrated. You know, you're going to lack sleep tonight, Jeff, and you're going to have a hard night. Right. So if you can like reflect on that a little bit and just anticipate and plan for how you're going to react before you react, that, that has helped me a lot. Cause I'm, I'm sort of a reactive person. I have, you know, I say what's on my mind and, 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 you know, I lead with emotion. Sometimes people would say, but um, that's been really helpful to me. So I'm not, not trying to give you advice, but the headspace app has helped me a lot. Uh, no, it's a good, the, um, I have found myself doing that like ahead of time thinking, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time. He's going to wake up. Like, what, you know, what does we need to do? Like almost like preparing my mind to like, you know, deal with the situation. So I find myself doing that more and more, um, is trying to like prepare yourself ahead of time. I like that you guys are sharing that mid that the kind of throughout the night experience, because for moms, especially those who are breastfeeding and who have decided to not introduce bottles, who can't share that and take that on themselves. That's brutal, man. Mm, So I I do love, and I'm sure your wife appreciates, even though you're you're not the best at it yet, um, that you guys are sharing that, that kind of overnight experience. Oh yeah. What we what we used to do is one night on one night off. So we would alternate that way. Every other night you could get a full night's sleep. Yeah. We're, I think we're gonna have to figure out something soon, but we're, we're kind of doing, um, 
Yeah, we're kind of doing something something like that. You know, I'm kind of taking early shifts up until like a certain time. My wife's taking kind of over after that. Um, and it's been getting better doing it, doing, doing more, but you're, I think you start to realize, um, just like you said, Jay, like you kind of find these pockets of like, okay, can I get a full night's sleep here? Okay. Yes. Then like you're working tomorrow or you're not working tomorrow. Like who's, you're just trying to find like these, you know, pockets. Um, I will say too, like the other thing that this, um, to jump into like a second one, Christy of like what this, this really does, um, I think speak to like how you in a marriage, like you come to two, you come as like two individuals, right. And you kind of you start to, um, as you get married, you're, then you start to, you know, find your identity of like, who are we together? Who are we apart? And then you're, you're starting to do this. And then once you have a child, I've, I've felt like it's now like an actual like team atmosphere, like almost where you're like, okay, you know, my wife wants to take a nap. So I'll go do the dishes, you know, I'll take one for the team and do the dishes right now. And then she will wake up and we'll have to do them. You know, so you're trying to just like, I don't know I find that more so now when you have children that you're like, okay, this is now like much more of like a, um, team aspect of like, okay, we're tackling this like together versus, I don't know. I've just, I haven't really felt like that maybe in other parts of, of life and marriage, but that's the other thing that this is reminding me of is like, how can you, how can you do that with your customer? Right? Like, how can you ride in like, Hey, we're, we're two people in this thing, in this pod together. And, you know, if I can provide value to you and you can provide value to me, then like, we're going to keep, like, this is going to keep working well for each other um, as, as this relationship. And not only like while you're working as a customer and partner, but then also like if you move to another company and like, we're, you know, like it kind of goes in that ethos of like, if you can establish that right relationship. But the, um, I think the thing that this is reminding me of is like, it's not all the things in your product that you can be helping your customer with, right? Like, you know, I'm doing all these extra things that um, are helping my wife, but it's not necessarily directly helping my wife and baby, right? It's like doing the dishes, it's doing the laundry, it's doing all these ancillary things. It reminds me of like, okay, don't just think about your product. Like, what's your, what does your customer have to do and achieve? And if I can go help with those other things, then I'm like building a relationship and getting goodwill. I can help you with board slides. I can help you with um, a presentation you have to give to your executive team. I can help you, you know, whatever, whatever else it is. But those are also other things that I just thought about, like that help solidify a relationship and kind of further it. Yeah, no, listen, I love that. If you can establish that relationship and you and your customer to come together and treat the partnership as your baby, right? And you, uh, hopefully you both want the baby, right? To be healthy and happy and, and grow up to be a reasonably decent human being. Um, you, you want the pro, you want the partnership to be a success. So if you both want the same things, hopefully you can kind of ride that journey together. So I like that parallel. Um, I'm going to give you one that, okay, my daughter is older. She's going to be 14 next month. Actually today, she reminded me that it's 30 days to her birthday. So great. Uh, I guess I'm starting my countdown. So training enablement <laughs> became a very strong parallel for me as I'm having to help guide my daughter through high school right now, right? And so she's got a lot of questions and there's so many unknowns as she's facing things she hasn't faced before. And she comes to me because she doesn't know what to do or how to navigate things. I mean, like we're always talking about different situations, whether it be with friends or with school or with, you know, best way to study or how to balance you know, her, her sports and school and friends and downtime. Right. So for me, that was a strong correlation, like training enablement, right. Our customers come to us not knowing what to do or how to do it and rely on us to be that guide. And so for me, this is a really strong parallel right now, as I'm just thinking about all the advice I'm having to give, but not only just give that advice, right. Kind of be with her on that journey. It's not enough to just say it and walk away. It's saying it, watching how she goes and puts that into practice, coming back and kind of reiterating on things that work and don't work and 
that's the same thing with our customers, right? They're coming into their the product or the partnership with a lot of unknowns and are really looking for you to help guide them and you know teach them and, and be there with them as they're going through this and trying to drive change management and alter workflows and really get the value from it. So the same way I'm guiding my daughter, I think I'm guiding my customers. So I think training enablement was a big one, especially as of late, as of navigating a uh, high school journey with a, with a young adult is a, uh, requires a lot. <laughs> yeah. And there's new situations that I haven't encountered before that. My like, oh, that wasn't a problem when I was a young girl in high school. Um, yeah. and I- I am grateful for the experiences I had and, and grateful to not be in high school now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, much. yeah, exactly. No social media, no, like it was TV and radio. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> like no internet. The bullying, we Barely. got like three-way calling, right? If you, yeah. your friend like dialed somebody in, like that was about it. Now there's a lot of ways to make everyone uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've got one that dovetails with that. When you were talking, Christy, I was thinking um, coaching like learning how to coach your kids is, is important, at least for us. Um, and that is letting them come to their own conclusion, but asking them the right questions that they need to think through. Jeff, Caleb probably isn't answering your questions yet, but you know, so, sooner or later he will. And it, it doesn't amazing. matter. It doesn't matter if they're three or four or 14 or 17 or 18. If, if you ask them a question and they come up with the answer, it's actually better. They, they they will they will do the thing uh more reliably than if you give them the answer and tell them what to do i've learned sometimes it doesn't work but most of the time it does and so i think that's more akin to again your internal relationships with people versus your relationships with customers but um i think about coaching a lot and how i could be a better coach for my kids by asking them questions instead of trying to give them the answers because they will reject them. <laughs> Do you, uh, have you found yourselves, uh, maybe both of you, that you've become better question askers uh, as you've gotten your kids getting older? And the reason I, the reason I say that is um, we, we, w- we had, a, uh, my wife and I um, have a little brother in the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. And so he's, you know, he was, uh, we've known him since he was 12. He's now 14. Um, and uh, I found myself in the beginning asking questions that were yes and no. And then I'd be like, man, I really wish you would expand on that. And I'm like, yes. well, you asked a bad question <laughs> yeah. actually. And so then I found myself like, so I'm curious, have you, have you noticed yourself yes. like, like having to do that? Yeah. If you ask a teenager, did you have a good day at school? Guess what the answer is? <laughs> yes. Yep. yep. So I, and, and when I, I still do it every once in a while, I'm like, crap. Okay. Let me rephrase that. Tell me something interesting that happened at school today, or you know what was the funniest thing that happened at school today? That's always a good one because it gets <clears throat> it gets them thinking. But absolutely, uh, open ended for the win. Yeah, that reminds me too of our of our. Uh, we have a spreadsheet still floating around from Ganger Otain that has um, asking better questions. You know, it's taking the hey, you know, the, the simple questions that you were asking customers and trying to, you know, one up it to say, okay, this is a little bit better way to ask it or different way, kind of catch people off guard in a good way. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's, that kind of sticks out for me too. What about you, Christy? Have you learned uh, anything yes. in that area? Um, well, I mean, it's hard for me, right? Because like, I think there's a point where your kids are young, right? Where you do have to tell them because they don't know, right? Like, so there is a little bit more of how you how you coach, Um is a little different as they they get older, how you approach that shifts. And so I think that's been a hard thing for me to do as a parent is like, let my daughter come up with her own solutions or let her kind of, you know, walk into things and then allow me to just 
not give my opinions. And that's hard for me, right? To not tell her what I would do or how I think about things is to like, let her come to her own conclusions and then give her advice if and how she, depending on how she's asking for it, right? So navigating conversations, um, it's definitely something I'm still getting better at, Jeff, kind of like you in the middle of the night. Like, I don't think I've perfected this yet, Um, but it is teaching me to be more open-minded. You know, my daughter is navigating things about like her own identity and like who she is and who she wants to be. Um, And these are things that like, you know, I think I didn't, wasn't faced with as a young adult. And so, you know, just being open-minded and asking thoughtful questions and not projecting my thoughts or opinions into things, that's hard, right? To like remove all of that. So um, yes, I'm trying. Um, No, I'm not an expert. And um, she's teaching me as much as I'm teaching her, I think. Like right now, I think we're learning together, which is fun. That that reminds me like your point about like open-mindedness and stuff. You know, Christy is also uh, sometimes where you find great conversations with the customer um, around like how they're using the tools. Or, you know, it's like, hey, here's how, you know, we kind of have, like you said, we've trained and enabled you. Here's are some of the ways that we're, you know, you can use our, our tool or solution. And then sometimes when you kind of let them go away, they can go kind of build their own um, kind of universe, right? Sometimes they come back and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't really think about using it in that way. And so it's like, that. that's our other ways that um, I've seen, especially now, I think with um, kind of the ecosystems that you're seeing, you know, you've got Zapier and some other tools you can connect everything to. And so it's like, sometimes um, it's really cool to hop on a phone with a conversation or hop on a call with a, a customer and kind of say, Hey, show me what, what have you been doing lately? And like, they're like, Oh, I connected it to Zapier and I connected this and watch how this happens. And here's where the data goes or here's, and you're like, Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. And then it kind of unlocks possibilities. Um, all right. We have a uh, sales engineer here, Michael Davenport, who does a good job of that. You know, he's, he's always, if I'm tinkering around with like Gangrotain, he's always like, hey, can you show me how you did this? I can see that you did, you know, X, Y, and Z. And uh, it kind of op- unlocks possibilities for him to talk about, you know, and think um, when he's doing that. So uh, I think it's another good point. I have another one. Let's go. What do you got? All right. So how about listening and asking questions to find out what's really going on underneath the surface? Mm. It's a little bit obscure, but... um this it's sort of embarrassing, but as a dad and Jeff, maybe you'll do this too. Maybe not hopefully for you, but like when my kids are sick, I'm, I'm the one who's like, Oh, they're going to be fine. Like it's not that bad, you know? And I don't sometimes don't go dig a little deeper to say, okay, what are the symptoms here? What's happening? And then before you know it, it's like mom's on the way to the urgent care with the kid. Cause they're actually sick. So it's like slowing down, going a little bit deeper, asking questions, trying to understand what, what's really, really going on. I mean, and you have like with, with customers, it's, you often get a surface answer, especially if, if, you know, they're not really engaged with you, but you can build engagement with them by pausing and asking the next set of questions and going deeper with them to, to really understand root cause of, of why they're succeeding or not. So it, um, you're, so you're, I'll, I'll give you a quick anecdote of uh, a story for that one. Uh, when I was 17 or 18 in high school, you know, oh, my stomach hurts. This is kind of weird though. It doesn't feel like a stomach ache. My mom's like, oh, like something wrong. My dad's, my dad's like, I worked for 36 years. I didn't take one day off. You're going to school. Like you're fine. Everything go, go to school. You know, oh man, this is still weird. doesn't feel right. Um, uh, call, you know, get it, go to the nurse. Like my mom comes and gets me. I go home, uh, middle of the day. She's like, maybe we should just take you in just to see, go to the doctor, 
had appendicitis and I, I needed my appendix out. I couldn't guess that that's where this was going. And it was about to rupture. And so I just remember that story. Like my dad just being like, I worked 36 years. I never took a day <laughs> off. Like you got to go to school. And then my mom, like afterward, you know, like we're in the, like I'm in the surgery room. And I just remember my mom, like looking at my dad, like, huh? Yeah. Not, not sick. Huh? Like he's faking it. Huh? Like sometimes you got to listen to your kid. He doesn't lie that much. So uh, it's just funny. I mean, I, I think, think we all have stories me feel better. That, that, that feel that way of like this, like dismissive. Yeah. You're fine. My favorite is my father-in-law fell off a ladder while he was like fixing the gutter or something like that. And his father, so my husband's grandfather said, it's fine, just go soak in some Epsom salt. He had to have hip, he had to have hip replacement surgery. <laughs> and I always think of it like, oh, I don't even think my father-in-law could have climbed in the bath to go take a bath in Epsom salt at that point. But that was his father's feedback. Oh, you're fine, you're fine, Joe, just go soak even, in salt. Even at that age when he was a grandfather, right? Yes, because my, my husband was around for this story and he loves to tell it how his father just said, just go, Joe, just go sit in a tub with some Epsom salt. You'll be fine. Well, I feel a lot better now after y'all told me those yeah. two stories. So, <laughs> um, all right. All right. Another, you got one? I have one. Uh, it's a quick one, but uh, I wrote I wrote this one yesterday and I still think um, the uh, the fastest way to improve your mood or improve the mood of a relationship is to change the environment. And so, um you know, I've actually learned, uh, I don't know if you don't all know this, but like um, changing a baby's body temperature actually helps them um, to change their moods. So like hmm. if you're inside and it's like it, he's in a stable temperature, like it's been cool outside. So I'll like walk outside and if he's crying and you walk outside, it'll all of a sudden he'll almost have to like rebalance or reset himself because he's he's like in a new environment. The, the temperature has changed. His body's like changing. So he's like, so I read about this and it just made me think about how you can do that in relationship with customers, right? Hey, we all, I'm always on a zoom call with a customer. Um, but you know, to your point earlier, Jay, how do I get maybe a little deeper? Maybe it's a, you know, Hey, Hey Jay, I'm, uh, can I, do you mind if I just call your cell phone today and let's just do a phone call. Right. And it is a very small and subtle thing, but it's like, that changes the dynamic right now. I've got, now it's a little more intimate because we're on a phone call. It's not a, a zoom. I've got your cell phone. We kind of have a different dynamic that we're going with. And so just reminded me of how you can change the environment. Oh, Hey, let's do a walking meeting today. You want to walk outside? Like, it's so beautiful. Like, let's just, but like those types of things I think can also just, um, kind of chip away at like the barrier that ends up happening between a, um, a customer, right. You're kind of like this vendor and you know, how, how do you chip away and kind of, um, get into this, this more of a, um, you know, friendly relationship where it becomes a little bit more, um, personal. And I think it just like, the, those are small ways that I think you can do it. Um, considering that we have zoom calls all the time. Another one too, is like QBR, right? Change the QB. Like I've, I've become akin to like, Hey, a QBR is like, I get on a call, you show me a bunch of slides. So like, if you can change the dynamic of what that is and like, Hey, I'm sending you slides ahead of time. And like, we're actually going to cut this from 90 minutes to 30. And we're just going to talk about these two questions and like, Oh, cool. That's a very different way. And I've, now you've changed the dynamic of the environment. And now I'm like, now I'm actually interested in attending that, or now I'm interested in actually having that conversation. So uh, that was another one I thought about recently. <laughs> That is super insightful. I, I was more thinking the fact about the baby than I am about the parallel to the customer because I didn't know that. I didn't either. Now I'm looking back though, and it makes sense because <laughs> we used to do things like that, and like we'd take Jack outside in the sweltering heat in Charleston when he was crying, and all of a sudden he'd stop crying. I'm just like, oh my gosh, there was a reason for that. Um, what's really interesting there too is you know, sometimes it's good when you're, well, what's really interesting about what you said is that a phone call is more personal than a zoom call. The irony of that, right? Yeah. That you actually can be more personal now by getting off zoom. Um, but 
sometimes in a, in a customer relationship or again, an internal relationship, it's also good to, to back up and do sort of like a calibration question. So like, let's stop talking about the issues for a minute. Let's talk about the relationship. How's this going? Like, what could we be doing better in, in terms of how we're communicating to, to, you know, as customer to vendor or as teammates, like what, what could we be doing better there? And it's a good way to reset the relationship. And sometimes relationships, you, you got to check on the the way you're interacting and give people an opportunity to say, yeah, you know, there's some things that aren't working or here's what I like that's working or in here, here's, here's where I think we could do better. All right. Christy, you got one? Yeah. You ready? The renewal is not assumed. Now let me explain. The relationships you have with your children now dictate the relationship you'll have with them in the future. And I have a lot of friends who have estranged relationships with their parents, right? Because they didn't have good childhoods. They didn't have parents weren't there the way that they needed them to show up and have distanced themselves from their parents. Right. And even though your family and even those are your parents, right. It's not assumed that you're going to have a great relationship as an adult. And so the same way I go into my approaching my customers, right? I can't assume that they're going to stay with us forever. I have to work at it every day, right? I have to make sure that I'm carrying my end of this partnership every day and being thoughtful about it. I think that's the way I approach parenting my daughter as well. Like I want her and I to always be as close as we've always been, right? I don't ever want there to be a moment where she feels like she can't be open and honest and vulnerable or come to me or we can't laugh or play or fight and, you know, have this banter. Like I want our relationship to always feel like this. And it will only ever maintain that if we both continue to work at it. And I can't assume, right. That it's going to be like that. I can't take my foot off the gas. I can't not show up the way she needs me to show up and assume that just because I'm her parent, we will always have this. And so for me, as I think about our future relationship, I think about the work that I have to put in now to make sure that as she's an adult and can make choices that she chooses me the way I choose her. Um, that also works for other awesome. relationships with kids too, like um, grandparents and other things, right? Like um, our, our son is going through a phase of only wanting mom and dad. So, um, you know, like, which is normal, <laughs> it is normal, but like to your point, right? Like um, having my parents still show up and like, see him and, you know, interact with them and engage with them is still important though, because it's going to like, eventually, like you said, he's going to get out of this phase and then he'll know and see and recognize you because you've been around. And so it's like the same, a, a very similar feeling that I've, I've had recently of like, okay, just keep showing up, keep, you know, keep trying, keep doing things because it's going to um, eventually, you know, get better as you kind of like navigate through this. But uh, I like that one. That's a good one. I would build on it too. I think one of the things that I've had to do with my kids and, and, we do this with customers all the time is sometimes you have to be vulnerable and apologize for something you did all the time. Well, I don't, I don't ever remember. I'm not trying to throw my parents under the bus, but I don't ever remember my parents like apologizing to that me. Generation didn't apologize. Right? Yeah, exactly. We, we were but, lucky. Everything we had, like, you know, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you don't know how we, got good you punished. Had we were lucky that they cared enough to like punish <laughs> us. And friends, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, when you, when you make the wrong call, when you say the wrong thing, like I've done, I did that to my daughter like two weeks ago. I was like, good Lord, why did I say that? And I apologize to her and hopefully she will forgive me for that. But it's important and it's important in your customer relationships when things don't go well, just to, to say, Hey, we could have done better there again. It's like backing up and, and reflecting on the relationship itself and what went well and what went didn't and, and what didn't and, and, you know, owning it. 
Any others come to mind? Oh, I have I have one more that I think dovetails with something you said earlier, Jeff. But I think you you really have to take care of yourself. You have to make sure and take care of yourself first so that you can take care of other people. So, Jeff, as you're like sleep deprived, I was thinking, man, if you could grab a 15 minute nap sometime during the day, it might do wonders for you. You know, and I I don't know if I ever had the chance to do it because we were all in the office. Like <laughs> you couldn't just slip away and like actually I might have closed my door at some point and closed my eyes when I had little kids. But um but nap pods at Google come in handy now, you know. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So take care of yourself so you can take care of others. It's important. Yeah, that's a good um that's a good point. Cause it I mean you can do that in multiple ways, right? Like uh getting a getting a quick nap or um, I would say like, for me, I'm not a napper during the day and I'll like, I can, cl- I can like never close my eyes and do that. But, um, I like fill my cup by looking, I mean, I'm a huge sports nerd. So like if I can get 15 minutes just to go sit on the couch and like, look at sports news, like that, like re-energizes me or something throughout the day. So like, I've, I've found myself doing that, like Caleb's taking a nap, you know, it's like, I should be napping because when the baby naps, but I was like, Oh, let me go look at some sports news. And like, Oh, I'm like, Oh, cool. Like I got, you know, I'm looking at this or like, I'm doing something for my fantasy football, but, uh, I kind of filled my cup throughout the time. Um, all right. I think I have one more and then maybe we can, maybe we can try and summarize some of these, but, um, the last, the last one, um, the last one that I thought about was, um, uh, that you don't, uh, you don't always get your way. And <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me has always been, um, that I think this is, you were kind of going down along these lines too, Christy, I think when, you know, when you were talking about allowing your daughter to, um, you know, kind of ask questions and come to her, uh, kind of, you know, answer her own questions and kind of, you know, um, trial and error herself. But I also think like, you don't get your own way. And that, um, sometimes I've, I've looked ahead and said, okay, tomorrow, I think this is how it's going to go. Like, he's going to go to sleep at this time. I'm going to get to do this and we're going to do that. And I set these expectations of like, okay, I'm going to get to do how I'm going to get to do the day, how I want to. And, um, you know, sometimes in customer relationships, you kind of think about that. All right. They're going to implement, in this time frame, and once they implement in this time frame, they're going to go to this, right? It's like a customer journey that we've manufactured and said, okay, this is the this is how it's going to go. This is the right way. This is what's going to happen. And then, as soon as the customer goes off, you're like, what's wrong? Why is this happening? Why? Well, you know, you start questioning everything. And so, um, it just reminds me of like, you know, you're not always going to get your way. So how do you how do you kind of build um, in the right buffers to um, you know understand that okay you know, only 80, let's just say 80% of our customers are going to reach this mark. And that's, you know, we're comfortable with that, right? So that means 20%, we kind of have to diagnose and figure out, you know, how do we get through those? And then how do we improve the process after that, right? But I think it's just this evolution of understanding, okay, it's not all going to go perfect. So let's set kind of a standard, let's set a metric. And if we reach it, that's great. And then let's improve as we go, you know, but I I think that kind of gradual improvement and this idea of like, hey, you're not always going to get your way. So how do you um, make sure and and kind of build in those buffers um, kind of sticks out for me right now. Okay, I'm going to give one last parallel because Jeff, I think this will hit home for you. Onboarding is very important. (laughs) The early stages of everything you do with your baby are so critical, um, right? How like the relationship you're developing with them, what they need during that that time, they need you more than ever. And you've got to be there and you've got to be flexible um, because you've got to help develop them right along the way. And so I don't know, I... Listen, for, the, for those of you who don't know this about me, my personal story, I talk about my daughter all the time. She's actually my stepdaughter. Um, so I know you both know that. But so I didn't have the chance to onboard my daughter. Somebody else onboarded her. Um, we did re-onboarding later. Yeah, it was like a it was like a new user onboarding. 
like yeah. <laughs> we, had to, we had to re-onboard when she was three when I when I uh, met her. But it's so critical, right? Like so, even the early stages of our relationship, right? We had we, like there was so much work that went into like the first year of how I embedded myself into her life and, you know, my husband and her world that it was so critical. And so I just think about that, right. The relationships you develop. And I know that, listen, moms, some moms go through postpartum, which makes that even trickier. Right. But that all has impacts and long-term impacts too. So it's just, you know, it's really critical. Those early, those early months in that first year. That's a good one. Um, Going back to what Jeff said for a minute, I, I always think about frustration comes from the difference between your expectations and reality a lot Ooh. of times, right? And so if you have a, if you have an ideal plan in your, in your head, or you have an ideal customer journey, if it's, you know, we're talking about work and things don't go to plan, like just to, to Jeff's point, expect that and, ha- and, and be prepared to be flexible. It, it's uh, sort of back to the, the meditative mindfulness thing I was talking about earlier, know that things are going to change, know that they're not going to go to plan and just, start thinking about what you would do if they didn't go to plan. I think that's, we have to do that every day in customer success because not everything, 80% of the time it might work, but 20% of the time it will not work and you need to go off the script and find a new path. So, and and that's a good way to avoid frustration is just to know that just because you laid out a process doesn't mean it's going to work the same way every single time. That, uh, that reminds me too, Jay, uh, we listened to a podcast called My First Million and, and Sean on that podcast uh, mentions that when he's building a, a project plan, he actually builds a stage in his project plans that is for a um, a stage of what he calls like hitting adversity or hitting a wall. And so he's like, I expect at some point, right? Hey, I'm, I'm building a project plan to grow my YouTube channel by a million or whatever. I'm growing, you know, I want to grow my LinkedIn followers to 50,000. He's like, that's never a linear path, right? We always hit something. So why in a project plan would I assume that it's like this gradual step where I'm going to reach the, you know, it's never back. And so he's like, I always build something in there that says like, okay, this is the stage of adversity. This is the stage where I really need to think critically. Okay. You know, am I doing the right set of activities or do I need to think differently about this or something? But it reminds me of that too. Like, you know, we need to kind of create those moments where it's like, Hey, I'm expecting in this customer relationship, you could even acknowledge that in a customer relationship, right? Hey, I'm expecting there's going to be tough conversations. There's going to be adversity. There's going to be stuff that we're going to work through together, but like, you know, how do let's, let's come up with a, a standard operating procedure or, or cadence that we're going to work through those things together. How, how do you teach your team to do that? That's what I'm sitting here thinking as you're saying it, because we we can do that. But what we really need is every single person on our team to have that kind of empathy and foresight into yeah. what's going to happen. Christy, how have you have you instilled that in your team, or you hire? You have like all the rocks. I like in the to world, think so. that I hire folks who have a little bit of that already pre-developed, just because my bandwidth is a little limited to to spend a lot of time developing that for them, but. Um, I don't know that I ever really tried to solve for that. That's a good, that's a good one. I think one, one thing that I've done, um, I've done recently, uh, I don't know if this Nestle hits, hits the mark on like what we're talking about right now, but like, um, I've tried to get our teams to, or at least the team that I have right now to, to, um, to to block time in their calendars, to sit and look at, um, specific metrics that we're, we're trying to achieve, um, and trying to do that at like certain moments. So, um, for instance, like, um, we're trying to grow, you know, our social presence for higher logic. And so we've been, um, trying new tactics and things. And so we've actually got time built in to go look at those metrics, but like, there's no other, it's not like a, it's not a separate meeting. It's not, you know, for executives, it's not, you know, we're not giving a, a readout or anything. It's literally like, Hey, let's just sit in a room and just look at these metrics together to discern, 
are we doing the right things? Is it getting better? Is it not? Like, should we stop doing something? Like, I think, but just kind of giving ourselves the critical question asking um, time has been something that's just been helpful for me because I think we've kind of sometimes skirted by, right? Of like, hey, let's just move to the next thing. Let's keep, kind of keep going. Everything looks great, but it's kind of back to your point, Jay, of under the surface, is it really going well? So like, can we block some time to look at that um, together and just ask ourselves some questions like that? I think we've hit our time mark. We talked about different types of um, of parenting and customer success parallels. So things like, um, you know, trying to uh, build the right customer relationships, get below the surface, asking the right questions, um, keeping calm under pressure. Um, so I think there's a, a couple of good ones um, that we listed out in there. That was pretty fun though. I appreciate the the warm welcome back, Christy, and the ease back into, um, you know, getting back into work uh, before I had to, you know, dive full force in. You're doing great, Jeff. Yeah. And you look, you look great too. You don't even look like you're lacking don't sleep look at all. the way you sound like glasses you. <laughs> glasses do wonders you can't really see the bags in my eyes you know um, i've already drank a pot of coffee so you know it's just you, know, you start you start uh going down this path um I'm gonna press end and then i'm gonna go grab caleb so you guys can see him real quick oh cool yay all right, all right. Bye, see you all next time Hey, everybody. Jay here. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. You know, this started as a labor of love for Jeff and I a couple of years ago, and it's really turned into a movement around customer success and community, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be a part of it. Uh, we grow this by word of mouth, so we'd, we'd love it if you're willing and you find value in what you hear on this podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help us grow and, and provide value to more customer success professionals. Also, if you haven't yet Yet, please sign up for Gain, Grow, Retain, the online community. It's gaingrowretain.com. You can meet other people, make one-on-one connections, share ideas, get ideas, grow your career ultimately. Um, be on the lookout also for live events, both in-person and virtual this year. We're excited to get back to that. And thanks for being part of the community. We look forward to talking to you soon. <laughs>